purple elephant shower thought of the day, which is just, you know, stuff I get from Reddit. Probably the greatest feeling of relief in history was when the first people to witness a total solar eclipse saw the sun come back. This is Purple Elephant Radio, where we hear about storytelling, originality, and creativity from the creators who are actually making something matter. I'm your host, Sean Green. Okay, today uh, I'm joined by a super awesome guest who I've actually only met once uh, a while ago um, at an improv festival. So the friends you meet in improv are the friends for life, I guess. Um, this person is a graphic designer currently working at uh, Visual Logic, uh, former improviser, recently graduated from Northern Iowa University. And um, has a clothing company called Seance, which is kind of on pause right now, but we'll get into uh, more details on that as we get into the interview. And I'm talking about Craig Miller. Welcome, Craig. Uh, hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming on this show. Of this course. Is really cool. So, I mean, you're the, the first for a lot of reasons. First kind of, I would say like... <laughs> very limited friend acquaintance um kind of the furthest in my network that i've reached out to for an interview um also the first person to kind of go like the graphic design um in clothing route of creativity because so far i've done you know different filmmakers uh musicians i just interviewed my cousin who does ceramics so we're hitting all the the different aspects of creativity but Today we get to jump into graphic design, but just to start, I kind of want to hear your story, um, just of your college experience, maybe talk a little bit about improv, why you joined, what that was like, and then kind of the route that led to starting that clothing company seance. For sure. So, um, yeah, like you said, I went to the university of Northern Iowa, um, and, uh, like as far as like why I decided on that school and stuff, it was just kind of like I had been there for a variety of events for like speech competitions and whatnot in high school. Um, and so I've been doing improv since like my freshman year of high school. So like all the way through high school, all the way through college. And so it's always been kind of something that I've been interested in and just like really enjoyed being a part of. And um, yeah, so as far as school, I majored in graphic design, and um, that was something that I've always been interested in art. So, like, throughout high school and, like, when I was younger, it was more of a focus on, like, fine art. So, like, drawing, painting, um, things like that. And then as I was going into college, I decided that I was going to just give graphic design a try just because it sounded interesting. And, like, I would taken one class at high school that I thought was super fun and interesting, so I just decided to give it a shot, and I really enjoyed it, so kind of just worked out really well, and um, at the University of Northern Iowa, um, I, like, ended up going with a few of my friends from high school that also had done improv with me, like, throughout our high school times, and so we 
decided to all try out for this improv team uh, at the university together. And it was it was made up of um, people, all students from the University of Northern Iowa, and some of them were people that had gone to the same high school as us. So that's how we initially like found out about the group. And we just like decided to go to tryouts at the beginning of our freshman year, and we all ended up making it that year. So it was just like a really cool thing to have like the same people that I was doing improv with like when I first started to also be doing it with those same people when I was in college. It just kind of helped that transition and like we already kind of had that base of like knowing how each other performed and whatnot. So that was like a really cool way to like, yeah, just keep working with those same people. And yeah. So you were always kind of used to performing. I mean, if you did improv in high school as early as freshman year, I mean, I know for myself, I mean, I started improv um, my second semester of freshman year of college and that was mm-hmm. around the same time I did stand up for the first time. And both of those were like huge hurdles of like getting over social anxiety. And like in high school, if you would have told me that in high, uh, in college, I would be performing as much as I have, I wouldn't have believed it. So you've always had that kind of um, performing side of yourself. Yeah, definitely. I, I do think it's a, a big thing to kind of get into just because like when you first started is so different from any anything else that you like probably have done in the past so um yeah like before high school I don't I wouldn't really say I'd done like a lot of performance stuff um but throughout high school I did improv but I also did like some some other like acting things like I did some plays and stuff and just like other speech events um so that definitely was helpful I think and it was just like a good environment to get started doing that kind of stuff because it was just really low pressure and it was just all people that I was friends with so that made it really easy to get started with it and then going into like the college improv scene um it's like so different from like what we did in high school just because like in high school is mostly focused on like short form stuff and more like kind of gamey like whose line is it anyway like those kind of games and stuff whereas like in college we our team like not as much at the beginning but like slowly we really transitioned to become a long form group and so it was interesting to kind of see how those like skills and stuff transition from like what I was doing in high school to what I was doing in college. But even just like having been on stage and having done some improv stuff in the past was a huge help to at least get started. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's interesting that you talk about making the shift from short form to long form. Because at Mizzou, we have two separate clubs. One's entirely short form, one's entirely long form. Just from your perspective, do you think that there's maybe like one that you like better or one that has taught you more? Like in terms of, you know, maybe you're a better storyteller because of long form or you're a better quick thinker because of short term or short form. Can you think of Mm -hmm. anything like that? Yeah, I would say at this point, I prefer long form. I think it's just more fun to perform. It, it's a lot more satisfying because at the end, it's like you've told a whole story. And um, I think that the audiences a lot of times find that a lot more maybe impressive because they say like, like a lot of comments that we would get after shows is like, I don't know how you like just managed to string together a whole entire story that's like 20, 30 minutes long, however. Um, but at the same time, I really do love short form too because it's usually, it's just, it's a lot faster. It's a lot more like kind of high energy fun. And so like when I was in college, a lot of our shows would be 
like we would do kind of half and half. So the first half might be kind of more short form stuff just to kind of get the audience warmed up. And like people who haven't watched improv before, a lot of times um, prefer short form just because it's, I feel like it's more accessible and like it's to just kind of understand what's happening. Whereas with long form, um, when you've like been exposed to it, then I think that audiences a lot of times might enjoy that more, but you kind of have to find that balance for like the people who are just coming to your shows for the first time or the people who are like repeat, like, audience members but yeah personally i think long form is my favorite yeah well i'm curious were there any other clubs that you did in um college or was it all kind of the comedy scene and then you know all the art stuff you were doing as your actual major yeah as far as like performance um i really just did improv um there wasn't like a big comedy scene at my school we were, there was our improv team, and then there was one other team that has, like, since disbanded, but, like, they were there my freshman year, so um, it was nice to have, like, more than one team, but, like, when I graduated, there was just the one team that had, was still kind of active, um, but, like, outside of performance, I did also, like, some other kind of design stuff, like, we had a student-run magazine on campus that I, like, helped do design for, and, like, my last year, I was the design director, so that was like a really fun way to kind of get like more professional experience, I guess, like outside of my coursework and like just meet other people who are interested in like design and that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. I, I feel like maybe I have, because I, I know I follow you on uh, Instagram, I think, and I, I've seen like some of the magazine stuff. It, was that like a, a more fashion focused magazine? Yeah, so the group was called Uprising, and um, it was it's like a fashion, culture, kind of lifestyle magazine, so it was like, we had people who were writers, people who were designers, photographers, and it was like primarily focused on stuff happening around campus and like groups on campus, um, which is cool. It's kind of just like a local look into like what's happening on like the arts at UNI, and so that was like the primary focus of it, and yeah, which I really enjoyed because it kind of was a cross-section of, like, my interest in fashion and my interest in design and art and stuff. So it was really cool. And it was print and online or just one? We, like, primarily did print. So, like, each semester we would release an issue. And then, like, this last semester, obviously due to COVID circumstances, we couldn't release our issue because everybody was off campus. And um, so we released everything digitally last semester, which was, like, a cool experience, too. Because I think we, like, kind of reached a, a new base of people because, like, a lot of the people who, like, don't live on campus or whatever, like, wouldn't have been able to see it if it wasn't, like, more digital. And since we tailored it to that kind of experience, I think it opened it up to a whole bunch more people. So it was okay. cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm just curious because I think, you know, it's definitely, like, a trend that – uh, newspapers and just journalism in general is trending towards online. Do you think mm -hmm. magazines, especially fashion stuff, stuff that maybe isn't like hard hitting news, do you think there's still a place for print or do you think it is trending uh, online too? Uh, I think it's, it's some of both because I, I do agree that like it, print has like lost a lot of its relevance because a lot of people are just looking for more digital media and like, like, it's pretty rare that people are like, oh, I'm going to go to the store and buy a magazine or whatever. So I think that a lot of magazines and other, like, print publications have had to pivot into a more digital experience, which 
is good in ways because it opens up a lot more opportunities for different types of media and things like that, which I think is awesome. But I also think there's still a place for print in some circumstances, just because I think like when you have like a physical magazine, like there's something really nice about like the experience of like having a physical piece of printed media. And I think that like, as far as like collectability and like just the experience of still having printed things, I still feel like it's always going to be relevant to a degree, even if it's not like the major way that publications are like putting out media. I think it's always going to have a place in the, you know, yeah. the world of media entertainment. I kind of think of it the same way as like streaming music for versus vinyls or mm -hmm. I mean CDs, but really vinyls have kind of become rising again. And I think it is because of that collectability um, that magazines do have. And I think it's going to depend on maybe changing who magazines are directed towards. Because, I mean, you were making this for the students. And I feel like I haven't looked at a magazine since my last visit to the doctor's office. Yeah. But but if there was, uh, if there were magazines more tailored to, to me and just like, my generation our generation i think mm -hmm. we could see something like that where it, it's kind of that trendy almost vintage uh thing that vinyls have exactly i think that's a super good point because like when you stream music it's like yeah, there's it's pretty low commitment but when you go out and buy a vinyl or something then that is like you're really committing and saying like this is something I really enjoy and like I really care about and I think that that's kind of the same thing for for uh, print media so yeah like I said I think there's always going to be a place for it and like especially for people like me because like I just find it like a really great way to find inspiration because owning like design books and like um, publications and stuff I think it's it's a lot more accessible to like pull it off the bookshelf and like flip through it when I'm working on a project rather than like having to find like the digital version or whatever. Like it just feels a lot more, I don't know, present. It's just oh, like yeah. right here. That makes total sense. And now I think that's a good transition to the your clothing company that you kind of built in college. Cause I mean, that is, I mean, all clothing brands, it seems like are online until they're actually shipped and then it becomes a physical thing. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to hear your story behind just setting up the clothing company. Like what, what inspired it specifically the brand itself? And then how did you go about actually making it happen? Yeah. So I started it, um, with a friend of mine named Joseph Geyser. Um, he was one of my friends from high school. We've been friends for like a super long time and we went to college together. And so our freshman year, we, uh, just kind of like on a whim, we're just, we just kind of were talking and we were like, I think it would be really fun to like do a project like that. And at first we didn't really think it was going to like really be anything huge, but um, we just kind of thought it would be a fun thing to try and like maybe just make a few shirts or something, even just for like ourselves or our friends. And um, so we decided to, like we just kind of brainstormed names and stuff and like we just started designing things. And um we ended up coming up with the name Seance. And like at the time that we just thought it was kind of a cool name, um, but it ended up kind of inspiring the the look and the the feel of our entire brand, um, which it was really cool to go through the process of um, coming up with all of that and like doing the initial design stuff that kind of inspired the direction of the brand. And 
yeah, one of the reasons we started it too was like for me, just because like I was going into design, um, I was looking for ways to like do personal projects that could serve as portfolio pieces and like be used to show like, hey, I like am learning and I'm growing as a designer and like to get jobs and internships and things. So that was like one of my initial kind of reasons for wanting to start it. And um, yeah, and my friend Joe, like he and I have always just like enjoyed art in general. So it was a cool way for us to kind of work together and create something that was kind of a, both of our visions as one brand. Is Joe a graphic designer too, or did he kind of bring something different to the table when you were setting up the brand? Yeah, he, so he majored in um, computer science and he's oh, a software. So yeah, he definitely brought a very different perspective, um, but he's like definitely very visually talented. Like he's great at drawing and, and like just has a great eye for design and stuff. So I think we both put in like a lot of work on both sides of things. So yeah, and he also was actually did improv with me too. He was one of my friends that did improv with in high school and in college. So yeah, so we just like kind of clicked um, as far as like design and creativity. Like we were on kind of a similar wavelength of things. So it just like really worked out and it was a fun way to just like spend time creating things. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm curious um, because obviously you have this like you and him both seem like you have this talent for design, but how did you go about marketing it? and kind of more the the business side of things. What was that like for you? Yeah, that was definitely like a big uh, learning curve, I think, because at first we were really just thinking like, oh, we want to make cool things for just like ourselves and people that we're close to. And that really throughout the entire time that we've been making stuff, that's been the, the core kind of driving thing is like we just want to make things that we think are cool and that we that our friends enjoy. And so... Um, that was kind of our starting place, but yeah, there was a lot of kind of hoops to jump through to make things happen. So like things like manufacturing, learning how to get things produced, um, where to get shirts printed, where to get like blank t-shirts. By the end of it, we were like working with um, manufacturing companies overseas to get things made, um, which was super fun. It was like, again, like a huge learning process to figure out how those things work and like finding the right factories to work with. And um but it's something that I also like really enjoyed doing because it was just really satisfying to like have an idea for something and then see it come to life just be just by like your own doing. And so, yeah, it was really enjoyable. And then as far as marketing, we, we did mostly stuff through social media. So like we have an Instagram page and um, we like worked with some friends of ours that do photography um, to help us like, and we did some of the photography ourselves and like the video work and things. Um, so we kind of just did all the pieces of the puzzle to produce like lookbooks and things and like social media content. And um, one of the biggest places that we found like kind of an audience was through Reddit. Um, there's like forums on there that like are focused kind of on streetwear and streetwear um, companies and startup companies. And so we found kind of like a lot of like-minded people that were doing similar uh, brand creation and we would post our stuff there and we'd get support there and like, yeah. So that's kind of how we started building an audience. So that Reddit group, was that more uh, peers in terms of they were all kind of the same path as you of like establishing their own brand or was it more 
you were finding people who were interested in this brand buying the clothing and kind of appreciating what it represented? Um, kind of a mix of both. I would say like on that forum, the people who are like actively posting are people who have brands and who are working on developing designs and working on getting things manufactured and like things all throughout the process of kind of running a brand looking for advice or just sharing things that they've made. But there's also just a lot of people I think on there that just kind of browse through the content and look for it just because maybe they're interested in streetwear and fashion and that's a place where they can find kind of less mainstream content because everyone on there was like a small brand. It wasn't like anything anything super popular. And so it was cool to see people that were kind of at the same level as you making things similar to the things you're making. So it was just like a cool community to be involved with. And that is where we found like a good portion of our customer base. So yeah, it was like a great place to start. And did you, so if that was kind of your, where you found your audience, did you ever get into like paid social media advertising or was it all just kind of natural, I guess, guerrilla marketing, if that's the right term to use, but just like posting content on your own platform and then getting followers kind of naturally? Is that how you did it or did you uh, do paid advertising at all? Yeah, we, at the towards the end of like when we were working on things, one of the last collections we released, we did a little bit of experimentation with paid marketing just through, I think it was Facebook ads. Um, and we didn't, it wasn't like a ton. We just invested a little bit of money just to kind of see how the process worked and see if it would like be worth kind of investing more money in. But I think we found that like what worked for us was really just like posting things in these places where it's like you're building a community and you're, and of course like our friends and families were hugely supportive like of everything. So that was awesome to kind of have that, that network close to us of people who were interested in the things we were doing and like supported and bought our stuff when we released. So that was really where we found the majority of our, our customers. We didn't really do much paid stuff. Okay. And then, so if you did focus on kind of the natural audience building in terms of your social medias, whichever ones you used, how did you go about um, the variety of content? Was it all just kind of like photo shoots or did you ever experiment with doing like, I don't know, different things besides just photos of the clothing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we did actually. Um, like, I think one of the things that was really fun about the running the brand was um, that like with each collection, we kind of had a vision or like a theme of like what we were trying to trying to express. And so we would kind of make the clothing to match a kind of unifying theme. And then we would do photo shoots and like things like that, that kind of, kind of uh, exemplified that or that kind of expressed those themes and that kind of our vision for what it would look like. So our photo shoots weren't really necessarily just like a person wearing the clothes. It was like, like we did things where we would go out and we would, like in some kind of natural landscape and then do like editing and stuff to make it look the way that we were envisioning and adding graphical elements and like photo compositing things in to kind of create interesting imagery. And so, and I guess like the, the overall kind of core of what Seance, like the brand kind of developed into was like uh, an exploration into kind of like spiritual, like 
otherworldly beings and like um, just very like supernatural and surreal and very like kind of graphic. So like our graphics were all like bold colors, um, like yeah, like graphic imagery. And so we tried to kind of replicate that in the way that we were marketing things. Um, yeah, so photo shoots and stuff, and we did a lot of video content. So like each each collection, we do like a short teaser video. Um, not even necessarily to like show off the clothing, but like again to kind of just create this like this whole entire vision for yeah. what we want that collection to express. Like what the brand feels like. Mm-hmm. Because you had was it four or five releases? Yeah, I think five maybe. Okay, what was so if you kind of did a different theme each time, what was your favorite one? And kind of what were like the different themes? Because I mean, the overall thing was, like you just mentioned, um, kind of exploring otherworldly things. What would be like an individual theme for each release? Um, yeah, so like at first, our very first collection we released, it was just like a few t-shirt designs. And that, at that point, we were still really exploring like what we wanted to kind of do for the brand. And so the designs didn't really have a super clear focus or brand identity it was very much just like we just wanted to make cool t-shirts and so which was fun at first but we think that um like after that collection we kind of had a little bit more clear direction for where we wanted to go with the brand and so from there on out we kind of found uh, a style and um the type of content that we would use for the rest of our collections that we ended up making um so like for example one of the first things that we released like after that first collection was um, some hoodies that they were like our seance services hoodie. So it's like a yellow hoodie with um, a, a graphic. I, I don't really know how to explain it. It's like hands and like a candle. It was all very much like based around the idea of a seance and like communicating with like the afterlife. Um, and so for that collection, we, we did a photo shoot in this, um, it, it was actually just recently torn down, but there was this abandoned uh, gray Greyhound racing track in Waterloo, Iowa. And so we went there one night, like it was, it was super dark out and we brought all these candles and stuff. And it was just like, it was kind of a scary building. Like everything's kind of just like broken. And um, we used that as the backdrop for that collection. And everything was like very monochromatic. So like yellow candles, yellow like we had different objects that we had found at thrift stores and stuff that were yellow to kind of build like these these scenes almost of the different objects and stuff that we felt like kind of communicated the idea of of a seance and stuff but with kind of an interesting concept and so for that one like our teaser video we did just this was literally when we were living in dorm rooms so like we just got some like black backdrop and we like arranged those those things that we had found at goodwill and like just had this scene and we just took clips at different angles and stuff and then had some kind of like spooky music and that was a teaser. So it's like, it's really just about like expressing a color vision and like a, an imagery concept. So not even like the clothing. And so we kind of in the, in the lookbook for that collection, we tried to replicate that by using some of those same objects and like some of that same conceptual imagery. Were you, cause that kind of, I feel like I, can see what you're describing just with a lot of the really high-end brands were you inspired by any specific 
fashion brands that do kind of that style that you think uh, you were doing in yours where you're like telling a story while showing off the clothing kind mm-hmm. of to represent the brand? Did you notice any other uh, fashion that, that you liked that did that? Yeah, I'm trying to think of some examples. Um, that's that's one thing that I felt like was unique about what we were doing in a way is because, and like similar to the to the um, Reddit group that we were a part of, I think a lot of people were more, more focused on we're just producing cool kind of things. And so what I think was really fun and special about Seance is that it was us trying to really tell a story and like really trying to communicate a vision for something rather than just producing a piece of clothing. Um, yeah. So, and, and like the lookbooks and stuff, it was a lot of extra work, I think, but I think that's what, what we really had fun with was like putting in that extra time to do those, those more story driven kind of visions rather than just like taking basic product photography. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I can't think of any specific examples, but I'm sure there are other brands who do similar things. Yeah. In that well, I just game. think because the magazine that you described earlier, I feel like there might have been, were there similarities there of just like thinking about your brand in terms of how would a magazine represent this or how would a fashion mm-hmm. magazine do this? Did they, yeah. were those yeah, kind like, of help each other? Yeah, for sure. Like in Uprising, um, like the the big like kind of, chunks of the magazine were the written like articles and then we also had editorial like photo shoots so each of those kind of had a really strong concept driving them and like deciding how how the photos would be taken and like what would be included in the scenery and like how would you dress the model and things like that um so i think that that definitely was an inspiration or like was something that kind of influenced the way we did things like yeah, definitely taking inspiration from editorial um, design and photography. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it definitely seems like you get kind of both sides of it, like the the reviewer and the person who made it um, in terms of the fashion industry. But I want to move a little bit away from kind of, because that was all kind of stuff in your past, like college um, things. And I kind of want to move to what you're doing now. So mm-hmm. I mentioned the place visual logic if you kind of want to explain what that is what the company is and what you do there now yeah so visual logic is a user experience design agency that's based in waterloo um, and i started interning there my last semester of college and it was kind of a random thing i had been interning at a previous business and then um, visual logic reached out and asked if i would be interested in an internship and I just took a chance on it since it was like at the end of college and I thought it would be a fun way to kind of transition more into an agency setting. Um, so yeah, so user experience essentially is taking design but then also combining it with an element of user research. And, um, and so it's like focusing more on what does the user actually want out of a product and less about just like, oh, we're just trying to make like a cool thing. So the type of work that we do there is more like software design, um, website design. We do some marketing and um, sales collateral, things like that. But it's primarily like the specialty of Visual Logic is like the more uh, research-based user 
based design. So it was definitely a big shift um, for me because in school at the at UNI we don't really have like a bunch of user experience based courses and so it was something that I wasn't really familiar with and um, it was a great opportunity though to do this internship because part of the internship was a user experience training course um, that the company has developed to kind of help train their newer employees because they they understand that it's it's kind of a very specific field that maybe if you went to school for graphic design you have an idea of how to do the more design and visual visual design things but you don't necessarily have any experience with the research or that side of what user experience is and so it was a really great way for me to get an introduction into the field and just to see if it was something that I would enjoy and if I would want to pursue further and I thought it was super interesting. So, yeah, I've really enjoyed my time there so far. And what do you... So are you currently interning there? Are you working... You're still interning there? Yeah, so my internship went through um, this summer, and I just started a full-time position there in September. So it's been, like, two or three months, I think. Um, And what is your current role in the, the company? Uh, my title is user experience visual designer. So, like, my focus is kind of still more on the visual design side of things, which makes sense because that's what I went to school for, and that's definitely my strong suit. Um, yeah, so I do a lot of, um, like, visual design things. So whether that's, um, like, for some clients, we're doing marketing things, like we're making presentations and we're making sales collateral documents, and um, we're doing just kind of general, like, design things and for other clients we're doing more like I'm designing like app screens or like software screens um, and helping out with that it really just depends on what clients we have at the moment okay yeah because I think when you kind of explained this before the actual interview started I had never like heard of that kind of style of an agency because you know I think when I think of agency, I think, okay, marketing, advertising, agency. But this seems less focused. I mean, obviously, you mentioned that you do some marketing and sales. But I think it's so interesting that you're focusing on the internal, like, what does the brand feel like? And not as much like, how am I going to advertise this on different social media? But it's just like, when people come to you, how Mm -hmm. is it going to make them feel? I'm curious... I mean, when you say like user design and like designing something for the user, I think of instantly like Steve Jobs and Apple. Do you think that that's the like right place to think about? Or is that just like kind of missing the point of what you guys do? Yeah, no, I think that's right on. It's definitely like, it's a lot more tech focused and like software focused um, than things like brand identity design or publication design. Those are a lot more traditional graphic design routes, but this is a lot more um so when you think about like apps and stuff so like Instagram or Facebook or whatever like there's teams behind that that are doing a variety of things so they're probably um like bringing in users and having them uh try software or try updates and things and see see how they interact with it what works for them and um how how to best build the software so that it's usable for 
um, the end customer. And so that's different than the mindset of traditional graphic design where it's mostly just like I'm building something that like fits a visual appearance for a brand or I'm just designing like a poster that I think looks cool. And that's more kind of like just me thinking like, okay, this is what I'm doing. And like, I just think this is good and I like it. Whereas like user experience is totally focused on like, it doesn't matter what I think is good. It's all about like, if it works for the user, then that's the right solution. Rather than just like, oh, I think this is the way that's the way it should be. It's all about reviewing, doing, doing, doing user validation, things like that. And do you usually measure this with things like actually talking to um, an audience or is it based on data of like how long they stayed on the, the site, like the bounce rate, that kind of stuff, like website speed? Is it based on hard numbers or more like qualitative um, data? Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of both. Um, usually the kind of quantitative, I think that's like the more da data-based number kind of information. That's like a place to start maybe just to see like here's what is out there in the market right now and here's like what users are, like here's this user information. But that's like, that's not really the core of what user experience design is looking for because um, by looking more for the qualitative data, it's easier to get an image of like here's here's a user that we're actually designing for and you use that image as a way to justify decisions and um, to kind of guide your your design direction. So one, one part of the process for most projects is um, like once you've interviewed users <clears throat> and you've done a bunch of research, then you build what are called personas. And so those are like, they're imaginary people, but they are like your users. So it's like my persona is someone named John. And so you give them like a real name and like real information. You want to make them seem like as real of a person as possible. And then you talk about like why they're using your product and like what they're looking for and like all these things about them that make up like a really specific image of a person. And then once you're going into the design phase of things and you're figuring out um, solutions and design decisions, then you use those personas as kind of a direction. So you can say like, oh, well, I might think that this design decision is like, is awesome, but is John going to, does he agree? Is it going to serve his needs? Is it going to make him have the best experience possible? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm curious, the companies that you normally do work for, are they more like business to business, like tech companies selling software to other businesses or media companies like thinking online journalism or is there like a, a third thing that I'm like e-commerce what mm -hmm. what's the main kind of company that you're working with yeah so this is this is kind of surprising but the the biggest majority of our work at the moment is um, like military and defense kind of focused and uh, that's kind of become the niche of the company that I work for. And so that introduces a lot of kind of complications with security and like things like that. Like I had to sign an NDA when I started. So like I can't talk about a lot of super specific things, about, um, the military projects that we work on, but that's like our main thing. And then we do some more kind of like uh, business to business type things and like tech focused companies, but that's like a smaller portion of what we do. Yeah, I guess 
what I'm trying to get at is who, like, so obviously you mentioned like having a specific persona of mm-hmm. like an, an audience or a user. Who is, so is it mainly the companies that you're working with? Are they selling to businesses or are they selling to like specific people? Like, I don't want you to go into detail. Obviously you can't about the military, but is it like recruiting uh, people to like the army or is it something kind of bigger, like working with the military is working with other businesses or things like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it depends. Um, they're like the military stuff, for example, a lot of times it's, it's us building software for use like in the military. So um like something that it's it's not really that they're selling the software it's just kind of for them to use but then there are other companies that we work with where it's more focused on like we're helping them design software that then they will uh sell to other companies Uh, okay yeah okay that's what i was kind of missing so you you'll do stuff for companies that aren't selling a product they're just trying to make it easier for their current customers or just people in their company is that kind of okay yeah okay do you think that there's value for every type of company to like put in the effort to really make their whether it's their website or their app or i mean even social media presence which obviously you have less control over but Mm -hmm. do you think it's important for every company to think about user um usability yeah definitely uh to i mean to a degree i think like every company can probably benefit from it and like especially if it's a software company or or something like that but the cool thing about user experience is that it's more about like like in general it's more about a thought process than it is necessarily about a specific type of end design so it's not even like specifically only for software like you can think about user experience as a way to map out like um, a certain like physical experience. So like if you think about maybe a store, it's exploring like, okay, we bring in users and see how they interact with this space and how can we really streamline like the way that spaces are built. So like something like maybe an airport, how can you design the airport experience in a way that users will find really easy to use and like really quick to navigate and learn how to go through and um and like get to where they want to be essentially so it really i think any business to a degree can probably benefit from user experience thinking um a lot of times it's it's definitely more like software companies who are building something that a digital product that they're going to use or they're going to sell and that's where they'll bring in user experience teams or they'll have their own user experience team to work on that yeah yeah, I mean, when you talk about just like companies having their own team, I think specifically of Snapchat, because I feel like more than any other social media, it's have the most, maybe not now, but in the past, the most hit or miss kind of updates of mm-hmm. like new features, uh, new look. And I guess Instagram might have had some of that a little bit, but just like, I think sometimes the the customer or just the user base can react so negatively Mm-hmm. Have you ever had that experience where, you know, maybe you didn't build something, but you noticed it where 
it like they changed it and they're like, oh, we're trying to make it easier or better, or cleaner. And everyone's like, this is weird. I'm not used to this. And it just made everything worse. Yeah, that's a super good point. Like things like Snapchat and Instagram, I think it's interesting because there's definitely updates that probably make the experience worse for the user, but it's probably for some other type of business goal. Like Instagram, I know is a huge one right now where people complain about like, oh, they got rid of the chronological timeline and things like that. And that's definitely for the sake of probably some other business goal. But it's also like interesting to think about Snapchat and like if you compare Snapchat to like the very first versions of Snapchat that people like started with and like what it is now, I would argue that like in a lot of ways it's like way better. But when the updates are coming out, people a lot of times think it's exactly what you're saying. Like this is different. I'm not used to this. And so I, I'm not happy with how it's going or like, I don't want this change basically. But then how many times have we said that? And then like a month later, we're just used to it. And then it is better. So I don't know, in some ways you just kind of have to be open to those changes, I think, because those teams are really like probably putting in a ton of work to figure out what the best things are. And like, yeah, like I said, a lot of times it is also for the sake of another business purpose. So maybe it's like advertising or something that it benefits them more to have their experience work a certain way, which isn't always ideal for the user, but like companies have to balance that to a degree. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious and obviously I, you are just started working there and it seems like you're kind of really starting to get into that, the, this new type of agency work. Do you, could you ever see yourself you know, maybe further in the future, taking some of what you learned and maybe being able to build your own type of company out of like all these lessons about um, user usability. Could you see yourself being able to build a company of your own, whether that's like a media company or another clothing company and take all these lessons and implement them? Or do you prefer the agency life? Potentially. I don't know. It's like, it's hard to know for sure. Just cause like the design field is so big and there's just so many things going on and there's like so many routes you can take that I really don't know because like, I just kind of fell into this. Like it wasn't something I thought, Oh, I want to be a user experience designer. It was just kind of something that it was an opportunity that arose and I've learned a ton from it. And um, I think that it's really good to take opportunities like that because even if it's not like specifically my dream career or whatever, I think every every chance you take to learn something new and explore a new field, um, it informs your other design thinking. So like every different kind of medium and things, you can use what you learn doing that and use it to improve what you're doing in another field. So like I, I'm still interested in other fields of design like brand identity or publication or like motion design is something that I've been exploring a lot lately. And so things like that, um, I still potentially could see myself going into later on. But I also think that at some point I would love to own a business or be more independent, I guess, like whether that's freelance work, um, just kind of on my own or whether that's like working in a more, yeah, building more of a business. Um, I don't know for sure. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I, even if you don't do that, um, is there any kind of lessons that you've learned that you think could apply to a lot of people, whether they're doing their own freelance work, like setting up a website or, mm -hmm. you know, maybe doing an app 
do you think that you have some kind of like general rule of thumb tips specifically for websites? Cause I feel like, you know, if you're a small creator, you're not going to mm. be building your own app or if you're a small clothing <laughs> company, but do you have any of that general stuff? Even if it's just uh, graphic design and not necessarily user usability stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, for someone who's maybe starting a small business, um, I would say it's really good to figure out like what is your like what about your company makes it unique and like what about your company is the defining thing? What is the vision of your company that you're creating? And um, how can you leverage that to kind of give yourself a really unique voice that's going to stand out from others? Because there are so many people who are making things that are just like just very generic, like very just like nothing about it that really is saying something in general, like not saying anything super particular or unique. And um, so I think like focusing on that and then taking that and like by using, I think user experience, like I said, can be implemented in any company. So like whether that's like your friends and family, like once you build your website, maybe have them try it out and see, like watch them use the website and see like, are they going to the places that you would want them to go to? And um, are they finding the different parts of your website easily? Are they like easy, easily able to navigate your menus and things like that? Like those are more kind of practical tips I would say um, of like just really ensuring that the things that you're putting out are high quality, easy to use and um, say something really unique and important to you. Cause if you don't even care about what you're doing, if you just start a company cause you're just like, well, I just want to make money. And, like, I think maybe in some cases that's different, but, like, if you're starting a creative business, I think you have to have something that you care about and, like, that you want to tell other people and share with the world because otherwise you're just going to, like, lose passion for it because it is a lot of work to start something like that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. As we're kind of getting towards the end, I want to ask more broad questions about um, creativity and maybe a little bit more open-ended so the first thing I want to ask is, do you have any influences in this kind of graphic design field, whether that's brands that you, that they're just like, wow, they're doing, they're doing it right. Or specific people. Like, I don't know if you know, um, Seth Godin, but he, mm -hmm. he does a lot of stuff with like, um, kind of like what you're talking about, creating a, creating the product that doesn't need to be marketed so heavily because it's so remarkable as is like, that's kind of his philosophy. He's like a marketing um, teacher and author. So I, I don't know if you have any people like that or just bigger brands, but yeah, just any influences you have. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a ton of like, I just follow a lot of people on social media, like designers and creators that I find inspiration from um, as far as like educational things, like, there's a, a YouTube channel and just kind of like an educational resource called The Future. And um, that has been like a huge, it's like focused on graphic design primarily, but it's like graphic design business. And so like that's been a huge thing for me and kind of learning like how to apply business thought processes into like creative uh, fields. So like how do you take these design skills that you've learned and like actually use it as a way to to build a business or to um, work with other people or to make money, things like that. Um, 
and so that's been like a, a beneficial one and like I don't know I find a lot of inspiration in, in other like clothing brands and things that um I, I see as similar like I don't know I'm less inspired by like huge um like the huge like fashion brands like when you think about like Gucci or like I don't know like obviously they're they're cool but like I'm a lot more inspired by people who are like smaller creators like maybe like mid-level creators who have started things that it's just clear they have a really unique voice and like they have something special to share and yeah. so yeah that's the kind of people that I find really inspiring kind of like creators that have kind of birthed their platform in this like digital age this social media age who have like started now or within like the past five years is that what you mean by mid-level creator yeah i would say like people who yeah they just kind of like started small like it wasn't like they're not like a huge company that everybody knows about it's like maybe somebody who's like i don't know like just like has like maybe 10 20 000 followers on instagram for their clothing brand or something like relatively small but like they're just like putting everything into this thing that they really care about and i just think that's really cool to see so yeah okay and then final question of this podcast can creativity be taught and explain why or why not i think yes um because well i think that like <clears throat> some people are maybe born or like just the way that you're raised maybe influences your ability to kind of be creative from the get-go but i think that has a lot more to do with like when you look at people who are really successful creatives um, at a young age, a lot of times it's because like they've spent their whole lives doing something. So like maybe growing up, their family was just super supportive of them, like doing fine art or music or whatever. And so I think it's really a lot more about just like putting in time and putting in effort to something. And that's where you're going to find creativity. And like, there's so many ways you can learn strategies for developing creativity and like finding concepts and ideas that it's not like, I think a lot of people look at artists and they think that it's like, oh, you just like sit down and then you just know what to make and like a lot of times that's not true like it really is a process of like I'll make like so many things that I just I don't like until I find one idea or one thing that I'm like this is this is like great or whatever so it's like it's really about putting in the time and the more if you show up every day and just like are working on something eventually you're going to have breakthroughs where you have really creative ideas or where you like find success in the things that you're trying to do so I would say, yeah, it's really about dedication and about like strategies for creativity. So you're more a believer in the, the daily habit of creating and then, you, you know, not waiting till inspiration strikes. I say that mm -hmm. with air quotes. Yeah, it's just like it's not really a uh, something you can rely on happening because if you just wait until you're inspired, then maybe, yeah, you'll be like, oh, I have a great idea for a project, but like, is that actually going to push you through the entire execution of that project? Because it's really more about like, you might have a hundred ideas, but it's like, it's really about which ones you actually put in the time and effort to execute. And so, yeah, I really think dedication is a huge and like just work ethic and putting in the time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. Now, um, that's the end of the podcast. Did you want to shout out anything? I mean, if you have, an Instagram people can follow. I I know that um, Seance isn't currently selling any clothes, but uh, maybe if you want to drop the website just so people could see what they what they missed, anything yeah. like that. 
Yeah, so um, as far as like my personal work, my design work and like illustration things, um, you can find me on like Instagram at Craig Miller Design. And then um, that same handle also recently I've been making some TikTok content. So that's been like a fun route. So um, yeah, just like whenever I'm working on projects, I'll do like some behind the scenes stuff. But um, so those are Craig Miller Design. And then if you want to check out Seance, um, all the handles are Seance Clothing and it's seanceclothing.com. And we still do have some stock of products, I think, on our website. So if people are interested, we're still we're still selling stuff. But like, yeah, we are hoping to at some point get back to producing stuff. But yeah, it's just, you know, there's other things that have kind of taken priority exactly, at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I would love to see uh, more Seance designs. But Craig, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been Purple Elephant Radio. Don't forget to subscribe, and we'll see you next week.